Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to Inside Arsenal. Uh, but it is, of course, a very different Inside Arsenal today. It is Inside Arsenal Extra Time with none other than my co-host for the show, James Bench. How are you getting on, James? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Um, we both forgot today was Tuesday, didn't we? We did forget that today was Tuesday. It all kind of morphed into one. I've got, I've got two children that I'm trying to look after, so I've got an excuse for it. You don't, I have to say. I mean, it was, well, it was a good, it was a long bank holiday. I mean, as you well know, and we won't waste too much of your time telling our viewers and listeners about uh, the scheduling life of a um, football journalist, but getting two days off in a row, which I happen to have because of the bank holiday, it it tends to lead to quite a sort of blurred head on the, the following morning. So I, I have no idea what day it is or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Busy week as well. Big, big week coming up. The most yeah. important thing, of course, there, there's a book coming out on Thursday, James. I don't know if you're yes. aware of it, but that is coming out on Thursday. So all, all uh, gearing up for that. I'm on Sky Sports News in the morning, 8.30, live in the studio, talking uh, talking the book and Arsenal. So if you are, if you do have Sky, tune in 8.30 in the morning to see me make a fool of myself, no doubt. Got got new trainers for it, James. Bought new trainers, going to be wearing them for the first did you, time. Did you go for the sort of like white, you know, classic Sky Sports News, white box fresh trainers no, to, I've gone, to, to hit that sort of smart casual. I've gone with my Nike, Nike Air Maxes as usual, just a new, uh, there are other trainer brands available, by the way, but I've gone. But they're not as good. I've gone with my uh, Nike Air Maxes, I, I always do. So yeah, excited for that. Um, getting a car, I'm getting a car to the studio. I'm not even having to drive. Check that out. How cool is that? That's and I'll tell you what, actually, what, should I tell you what's even more exciting than that? Get ready. Is it the stag do I'm on on Friday? No, it's that do. It's this. If you're watching this ah. on YouTube, you've seen what I've just brought up on the screen. We uh, we have our own logo. What Watson Benge inside Arsenal extra time? Look, it's there. It's a logo. Yeah, I I was pretty certain we said Benjamin Watts, but whatever. Yeah, I uh, I, I, I I pulled rank. I pulled rank there. And uh, in fact, that was just a designer doing it. But I think it look. I think it looks better. I, it does I, look better. 
Watson bench inside Arsenal extra time is good. Is that, I, I think that's a really decent logo. But let us know what you guys think in the comments below. I'm sure you might disagree. And uh, I know all your name suggestions in the end were, <laughs> weren't taken into account. Yeah. We went with extra time at the end anyway. But uh, uh, yeah, we're excited. And I hope you're excited to see how this show progresses over the next... Uh, well, the coming weeks, the coming season, there's plenty to talk about today. We are, of course, only three days away from transfer deadline day at the moment, um, James. So Twitter is its usual sea of craziness and toxicity yeah. and all that comes with it. So we'll talk a lot about that. Lots going on at Arsenal, mainly with outgoings or pretty much solely about outgoings at the moment. Mm. So we'll talk about that. We'll have a little bit of a chat about what happened at the weekend and certainly start focusing on that big, big game coming up at the Emirates on Sunday. Um We'll start quickly, get the game out of the way for the weekend, because um, obviously it's a few days away now, but the fallout's still ongoing from it, really. Have you been surprised? I have, in a way. Have you been surprised just how just how brutal, really, some of the reactions been to the result, the performance, certain individual performances? Have you, has it surprised you a little bit, caught you, caught you a bit out? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um Certainly, even, you know, I remember on that Saturday night, you're sort of walking back from the Emirates thinking, yeah, this isn't ideal. But Arsenal do have seven points from nine. You know, it, it's, I think to an extent, the the reason that it's so frustrating and, and there's so much anger about that game is it was a little bit like um, the scene in A Clockwork Orange, you know, the one where he's got his eyes thingied open. And it was like someone was showing you a replay of the Southampton game all over again. Um the careless, sloppy mistake in the last minute, the sheer sort of emotional intensity and not quite being able to get the job done. Look, in the end, Arsenal could draw with Fulham and still win the league. And the difference is that the Southampton game was the night that they lost the league. And I think it felt a little bit, especially at the Emirates, even though it kind of ended in slightly different circumstances because Arsenal got the job done and then, shot themselves in the foot but it I don't know if certainly there it really I think felt like from minute one it was um your man from Grand Theft Auto CJ going oh shit here we go again and um three times in nine home games it, it, you can't it's, it's crazy it's crazy yeah. I saw a stat and I didn't check it out and when you see a stat on Twitter and you probably should check it out but um that it was from the Premier League's inception, what was that, 93, 94? Yeah, 93. Um, up until the Bournemouth game last season, Arsenal conceded two goals at home in the first minute. And now they've done it three times in, what do you say, nine home games. It's so mad. And it just leads to this chaotic game that follows because immediately you're just like, ah, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Game plans out the window. The other team's got something to hold on to. And it just... This this mad chaotic game follows, which we've seen now: Bournemouth, Southampton, and Fulham. You just can't keep doing it, can you? Just, I mean, it, it's not rocket science. Just don't concede a goal. Don't do something stupid in thirty seconds and give yourselves a bit of a mountain to climb. And it and these are really stupid things. I know the fact that Saka made the mistake means because he's Saka. It, we all want to see the best, and we do see the best so often. People sort of say, oh, but, you know, sometimes, especially with the old system, a defender should have been there, a right-back should have been there. And it's something to think about, but a right-back wasn't there. And, you know, you can't just sort of say, oh, yeah, well, you mean, sometimes someone's there. Um, 
it, it's really frustrating. I, I don't, I, and the thing then is everything that follows after that, you have to view through this lens of Arsenal were in complete comeback mode. Fulham were from minute one defending, not that well, but defending with their lives to hold on for a, to a one nil lead, at least until Arsenal got back in front or got in front. Um, so you kind of, I mean, I don't really think that the, the Partey system, the system with Partey inverting is working at all. But I do, when I go through it, and I mean, I'm sure we, we could probably be interested to get your thoughts on this as well. It is sort of like, we only, we haven't really seen it where Arsenal are in a position to set the tempo for the game and, and really dominate from the outset. From minute one, they were chasing. From minute one, the game was totally different to what Arteta would have set his team up for. So I don't know what you think, but it almost means that that I feel like everything we learned was irrelevant. I mean, certainly the other thing I'd say is the minute that goal went on, I was thinking, God, I wish Nketiah was on the pitch because that's going to be the game where you need Nketiah on the pitch as he proved later on. But yeah, I don't know about you. I just feel like I don't know if there's anything we, at all we can take from it. No, I don't need it. I think because the game plan goes out the, min- out the window within a minute, I'm not sure, like you said, that there's much to learn from that game. Um other than don't do something stupid inside a minute, but that's something we already knew already. And um, I, I don't, I, I like you, I don't like the whole party thing, but I, I, I look at what happened at the weekend. I look at that result and the way it happened. I don't, you know, it's, it wasn't down to the formation. It wasn't down to who was on the pitch and who wasn't on the pitch. It was down to Arsenal defending like idiots on a couple of occasions and missing some big chances. You know, for, for all for this, for all the talk about formations and systems, and I don't like the way Arsenal are setting up. I absolutely don't. I don't want to see Thomas Partey as an inverted right back. I want to see Ben White there. I want to see Gabriel at centre back. But Arsenal did more than enough to win that game comfortably at, at the weekend. They just missed some very good presentable chances, and then they did some really stupid things defensively. And you do that in the Premier League, and you're gonna you're gonna end up getting punished. I think the, the big thing was for Arsenal. You know, you put all that emotional effort into coming back, putting what happened in the first minute behind you to get yourselves in front, to then throw it away again. That was the real criminal thing of it. You know, that was just so bad to do all that hard work. And it was hard work, you know, to to come back and to get yourselves in front. And then against 10 men as well, and then to to switch off at a set piece and leave someone unmarked like that. It, it was just so, so poor and so disappointing. And I think, you know, if, if Arsenal hold on, win that game 2-1, I don't think any people, many people, are really going to be too bothered about the formation and the and the personnel. It, you know that that comes from the fact that the disappointment of the of the game's been thrown away the way it has, and it's something that Arsenal need to need to resolve definitely. And I, I'm intrigued what happens at the weekend. We're going to talk about Gabriel a little bit later on in this show, so I won't get straight into it right now. But I'm very intrigued to see what happens when, if like we're all expecting, Sinchenko comes back into the team at the weekend. What the um what the setup is but look I mean that was a few days ago now so let's turn our attentions away from from Fulham and the sort of fallout from it because it hasn't been <laughs> hasn't been pretty yeah, I don't want to talk about that anymore it's been quite it's been quite draining uh, uh sort of having to sort of just thinking oh and I've a few people have asked me about it it's like you sort of compare it to everything's being compared to the start from last season, but last season was a record-breaking start. You can't mm. start every season like that. It's record-breaking for a reason. You know, you can't you can't win nine out of ten games every season. It just doesn't happen. You're going to drop points. Um, you know, and, that's it, and that start, they drop points to Southampton. Yeah, it, it will yeah. happen. It will happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just expectation levels are, are completely different, and everyone knows 
that points are so costly when you're going up against Manchester City that that's why the fallout has been as brutal in a way that it has. But it has caught me a little bit by surprise and it's sort of made me think this is going to be a long season to uh, get through on social media <laughs> if you know if, if this is what it's going to be like every single time. Um, right, let's talk a little bit about sort of transfer deadline day and focus on what's going on at, at, at Arsenal. Now, I think, I think I'm, unless you know something more than I do, that very much the focus is going to be, is going to be on incomings between now and um, uh, outgoing. Don't, don't outgoing. promise people things we can't deliver. Yeah. Outgoing, sorry, not incomings uh, between now and the end of the window. Um, and, you know, we know the names who are in, in the mix, your Rob Holdings, your Tavares, your Stambies and that stuff. But, Emil Smith-Rowe's name has been everywhere all of a sudden for the last 24 hours. Um, and not just everywhere, but his name has been linked with Chelsea as well. So not just any, any club, he's been linked with Chelsea for the last sort of 24 hours or so. And there's been you know, lots of debate about it online. I spoke about it on my video I did this morning, um, how I don't want it to happen. Now, my understanding of the situation is that it's, you know, I don't want to say it's not going to happen, but, you know, Arsenal are not looking to sell Emil Smith-Rowe to Chelsea or to anyone between now and the end of the window. Obviously, if someone comes in and slaps a ridiculous money on the table, then the club, it, you know, it might change their thinking and they might think, well, maybe we have to do something like this. But from from my point of view, from speaking to people, it's not something that's on the agenda at the moment. You know, he's he's had his talks with the manager and with Edu this season he, and um, him and his agent, everyone, and they're very focused on him sticking around this season and being a big key squad player. When you first saw this, what what were you thinking when you seen Smith Rowe link with Chelsea? Were you as sort of vehemently against the idea of it as as I was or I am? Well, I'm I'm against it only because I think this is a sort of talent that's being frittered away a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, from what I heard, Chelsea sort of reached out, but it doesn't like you like you say it doesn't sound like it's going anywhere unless Chelsea want to do that Chelsea thing they do of putting very silly money on the table um and I haven't really heard of any other team that's that's really been chasing um Smith Rowe right now a couple of days before the deadline so I don't see it happening um I suppose the thing that interests me is if we go back to those early meetings the the conversation as it was relayed to me between Arteta Edu Smith Rowe and Smith Rowe's camp was much more of the um, we've decided you're not going as opposed to a, a dialogue, if you know what I mean. And it, very clear, like, you know, Arsenal are entitled to change their mind. This was back in June before the or late, you know, it must be early June. A lot can change since then. And, and we know Arsenal needs money and or certainly Arsenal could do with money. Yeah, <laughs> There's not an absolute pressure to sell, but it would be very helpful if they could. Um, I think the thing that would that would make me intrigued is whether, given the fact he's had no minutes this season, or no meaningful minutes again, um, that Arteta again turned to Fabio Vieira and was totally vindicated. But, um, you know, we know that Vieira and Smith-Rowe were in competition, and I think I've always got the sense one of these can make an Arsenal career for themselves, but there's no way both can. Um, so I did wonder if perhaps there might be some push from Smith Rowe's side to make the move. Doesn't sound like it. Um, I'm sure that will come if the situation, like it is in in January maybe or the summer of, of good next summer 2024, that may well come if the opportunities don't arise under Arteta. But 
I mean, there's certainly frustration, isn't there? And there has been boiling away, as you well know, for a while. Um, I don't know when that frustration breaks, particularly for a footballer that's um, an Arsenal boy through and through, and, and, and it would be a real wrench for him to leave. But yeah, certainly, I, I don't see how this situation can, can last as is, but I don't see it changing this window. No, no. I, yeah, I don't see it changing this window. I'd be very, very surprised if something happened now. But I, I agree. It's you kind of look at, Smith Rowe and you kind of try and put your long-term glasses on and work out how this is all going to end you know unless something you know unless Arteta changes his tune and it, look, it has happened you go back to Martinelli not too long ago you know he was very mm. much out in the cold we we're all saying exactly the same thing about him and then suddenly you know he forced his way into the team and hasn't looked back ever since so it can happen but yeah it, it, when you kind of look at Smith Rowe you look at the opportunities that could be available to him and you just wonder how you know how if he's not going to get if Mikel's not going to turn to him and give him minutes, you know, how does he, how does he turn things around in this sort of trajectory that he's headed on at Arsenal? It's, um, you know, for, I, I love Emil Smith-Rowe. I think, I, I think he was underused massively in the second half of last season. Once he got back, uh, I feel like Mikel had opportunities to play him, to give him minutes, to make him feel part of it, to see if he could do something. And he didn't give him those opportunities in certain games. And I thought that was a bit of a mistake. And, um, it doesn't appear so far this season anyway, although, you know, a couple of those games where you sort of think about Crystal Palace, the way that second half went with the red card, that probably changed everything in terms of possible substitutions. Mm. Again, the way sort of last weekend panned out as well, maybe it was a little bit different, but um, we do have cup competitions coming up at some point that you you'd want to see him get minutes. But, you know, some people have been sort of getting in touch and, because um, I was talking about it, saying, you know, look, no, no, no to him. Smith Rowe <laughs> transfer. Mark says, it's ESR or Gabriel are sold. I'm not putting any time into following Arsenal this year. ESR is easily better than Havertz and should have that midfield spot. I'm never Havertz. Hater is a talent, but he needs to earn that spot with performances from the bench first, um, which I kind of do agree is one from Moetino. Mm. says, hi, Charles. Worrying to see my last comment mentioned, stated worries about Smith Rowe's future, and now that is a possibility. But after looking th- further into it, he's played just over 120 minutes in pre-season friendlies, being a homegrown English player and a future England international. At that added with the 10 league goals he scored two seasons ago, he should cost another club at least 55 million. I hope he stays and I truly see him as a free roll. Number eight by 2025, he then talks about players who leaves in the need for Arsenal to bring in money, like you, like you mentioned. I mean, it's sort of price tag wise for Smith Rowe now. I think for Arsenal to do anything, you would be looking in that sort of that price range that was that was considered there. And I kind of, I, I'm always almost a bit of a hypocrite about this because I was talking about Tierney, and I think if I got, yeah, here's from one from Todd. He says, "Can you explain the difference in your opinion on ESR and Tierney?" You said that Tierney won't play, so unfortunately he needs to be sold. But is that not the case with Emil? Is your heart not ruling your head, Charles? Take Chelsea out of the equation. It probably is, to be fair. And I've got such a soft spot for Smith Rowe. And I'm thinking if he's not going to play, you know, that's what I said about Tierney. If you're not going to play him, then you may as well get rid of him because what's the point of him sitting here and not playing? It doesn't make any sense. And Smith Rowe kind of is in that category now, but I just don't want to see him go. And I definitely don't want to see him go to Chelsea. I, I, I completely agree that there is a there's a there's a heart side to this, and I think maybe that blinds us to to the fact that you know in that great season Smith Rowe had a bit of a hot streak scoring goals, and there have been you know other times where he's been not not as effective. We've not seen him do it for a whole season, but you know comparing him to Tierney, Tierney's what fourth choice left back or would have been. Um, I think it's a real shame they didn't manage to do a good deal for him. We discussed that last week, didn't we? But I think there is always a value in having a player like Emil Smith Rowe on the bench. I don't, you know, I don't, 
Tierney, how often are you going to sort of turn to him? Yeah, maybe every once in a while when you want to lock things down. But I think I can always see games where Smith Rowe is, is beneficial. I mean, the other thing, the other comment I thought was very shrewd there was that on Havertz. Now, I understand why Mikel Arteta's starting Kai Havertz. He's just spent 55, 60 million on the guy. And I am not, I'm firmly not of the view that three games is anywhere near enough to judge Havertz and his long-term Arsenal future over. But, you know, Mikel Arteta is, is paid to win games. And if Havertz continues to struggle, then there is no one else to step into that eight role except, or certainly an attack version of that eight role, except Vieira and Smith-Rowe. And I think until you're certain that Havertz can can be a really impactful player, I, I'm not rushing to get rid of Smith-Rowe unless someone... Like you say, clear the fifty million pound mark, and if that can be used to strengthen the the squad in the next three or four days, then I look at that deal differently. You know, in much the same way that I don't wouldn't be desperate to lose Flo Balogun, but for forty million euros, it's sort of like yeah, I'm you know I'd, I'll take the money, thanks, and hmm. and take take my chances with what I can do with that. So um, yeah, there is a, I think there is a lot of sentiment with with Smith Rowe. Um, and I think the, the, obviously the way you can see the real worry about his thing is that no one chance or that Saka and Emil Smith Rowe has been chased uh, replaced by Saka to the tune of I think it's Voulez Vu by Abba. Yeah, which yeah, is, it's that. a very good chant. I've seen that doing the rounds. Yeah, uh, with uh, the away end at Crystal Palace was kind of bouncing with that as well. Yeah, we'll wait to see what happens with Emil, but I, I just don't want to see him go. I think I think there's a real player there, and it'd be a real shame if he doesn't get to sort of fulfil his potential at Arsenal. I think you know, what he did that first season. You don't lose that. He's just got that eye for goal. He can make things happen. And if he's fit, which he is fit at the moment and has been fit for a while since he's come back from that surgery he had at the start of last season, I just don't see why I can't replicate that. We've seen him go off to England under-21s and play really well and make things happen and score goals. And, you know, I just that's the kind of frustration with him, with what's going on with him, is that you just feel like he could make a difference if he was playing, but he's just not really been given the opportunity. And again, it kind of boils down sometimes with that thing that we all with Mikel is if you don't if you're not ripe slap bang in the middle of his thinking you, you kind of feel like you're a little bit frozen out for some, for some reason and that's it just feels like that's where Emil might be right now but you know hopefully look it's a long season it doesn't take much to suddenly come back into it you know you play well in if he gets a chance in the Carabao Cup or whatever coming up or he does get some minutes in the Premier League he makes something happen then hopefully he'll get his opportunity I wanted to talk about um Gabriel now quickly um obviously was on the bench again at the weekend didn't actually come on at the weekend either unlike at crystal palace um hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. Mr. Saudi correspondent, obviously, um, which is kind of, <laughs> this has always been bubbling around in the background, whether it's tactical, whether it's down to anything else. We know that there is interest there from Saudi Arabia and Gabrielle. Has anything that you're aware of sort of materialized from that side? Have they sort of stepped up efforts or anything like that? Or is it, is it still just sort of bubbling away in the in the background? If anything from the Al Itihad side is looking more unlike more more unlikely. Um they are exploring other I mean they have kind of gone for some big name centre backs, Varan, Marquinhos and Gabriel. And I think it's become somewhat apparent that 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 neither of those three are are easily acquirable, especially when they are looking at, at dropping 150 or committing at least 100 million euros up to 150 on Mo Salah. I don't think that's going to happen, but you know that's what they're willing to do. Um, so Luis Felipe at, at Betis is someone that Alita had a looking at. Sergio Ramos as well is someone that, that Piff are, are talking to. Um, so there is other Saudi interest there, but I don't believe it's the sort that could really sort of put an offer down on the table that would would blow Arsenal away. And that's that's where Arsenal are at. It's a, you know, if you can come in with stunning money, let's have a conversation. But but that's what it would take. I, I still find the not playing him thing really perverse. I think not least because there are there are so many other ways you could sort of rejiggle this system. Ben White could invert sometimes he could invert sometimes and you know bomb on and how much have Arsenal been missing that especially when they're chasing games as the right back he could do all that and then you know Gabriel could shuffle across to be the center of a back three which was basically what he played last season um or I mean he played on the left as well didn't he um I I don't know what you think about this it it just strikes me as incredibly self-defeating I still think he'll come back in the team against United we'll see Zinchenko um but Arsenal are losing a and uh we don't we won't have the Gabriel Saliba discussion again but where whichever you think is better Arsenal are just not using a real top tier centre-back and they're also taking their really really good right back um and playing him I know he has been a centre-back as well, but, you know, he's been yeah. a better right-back for Arsenal. Well, that's why I don't get all the focus seems to be on Kai Havertz at the moment. He's the one who's getting all the criticism. But I don't look at what's going on, how, how Arsenal start the season and some of the disjointed performances and think it's down to Havertz. I just think it's down to the way that the back four is is being set up. I just don't I don't get it. Obviously, look, Mikel's far more tactically aware than I am. and But... Uh, I, I just look at it from a very layman point of view, which I am when it comes to football tactics, and just think, what? I just don't get why would you be moving everyone around to these different positions when you could just play Gabriel and Saliba at centre-back, Ben White at right-back, whoever at left-back, and it, you just know it would make Arsenal look much, much better. And so mm. I am... Obviously, he's trying something new. I, I'm intrigued, like you are, when Tinchenko finally comes back. Because every single weekend, I've said, oh, Gabriel's going to come back in this weekend. I've kept him. He's still in my fancy team. He's still in it. I haven't taken him out yet. He's started all three weekends in my fancy team. Because I just keep thinking he's definitely going to come back. But he hasn't in any of them. So I've just been really surprised. Now, obviously, the, the big litmus test is going to be if Sinchenko does start at the weekend, finally. You know, what happens there? If he's still not in the team when Sinchenko's come back in, then, you know, then alarm bells are going to start ringing because I just don't see this system and this personnel in the defence working out. And 
Now, lots of people saying, oh, it can't. It's because he's trying to squeeze Havertz into the team. I just don't understand that. If, if, if Fabio Vieira had started alongside Odegaard against Fulham, I, th- I think Mikel still goes with the exact same defence that he went with against Fulham. Well, I don't think it's agreed. trying to shoehorn Havertz into the team at all that is making him do this. If any, it's, it just doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. I just think he's, this is obviously a tactic that he's working on, maybe in because of what happened to Timber. And, and he's sticking with it, but it, it's, yeah, it's not one that I really understand. It's certainly not one that I support, I have to say. I've not seen any real evidence of, of it being successful and making Arsenal a better-looking team. I think defensively, they've looked, certainly in the home games, looked a bit suspect at times. And, um, and going forward, it's definitely, definitely having an impact on them down that right-hand side, big time. I suppose you've got to try things. You do have Just, to try things. I think we've seen enough to sort of, pop that to one side and and maybe the reality is our te- I mean I suppose the one thing you would say from the Fulham game which we don't want to re- relive but the minute Zinchenko came on and it went back to what it used to be it was like a comfort blanket and there's the knowledge that that is still going to be there and you know against your Fulham's I mean you know Fulham Palace that sort of forest that sort of team you can try it you can try it and know knowing that you've got the old ways in the back in your back pocket, but that you know, I do hope when he comes to Man United, um, he just you know, no no messing around, just into these lot system that works. Let's run. It do you think? Way. Do you think if he goes, is it, if it is Zinchenko, Saliba, Gabriel, White against Manchester United, do you think Thomas Party starts? Yeah, the thing is, it become because there's been so much focus on Havertz. I know that Arteta isn't one to get swayed massively by the media, but it does become quite political suddenly, doesn't it? Drop because it's dropping Havertz. Mm. Um, well, unless he, I mean, this, unless he starts Havertz and go, uh, yeah, I think he probably will. However, it, don't ask me who's up front, but he will probably run something like the team that played against City, because um, I think that's Arsenal's most solid team. And there's so you'd have Tom, you'd have what Party and Rice in a three-man midfield with Odegaard. Odegaard, and then probably Havertz up top. Well, I, I wouldn't, but I think he could well go Havertz up top, um, flanked by Martinelli and, and Saka. What do you reckon? I think Eddie starts. I'd be really surprised he if he doesn't start Eddie. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah. he'll take Havertz out of this one. I think sometimes you look at players and you think, even if you don't want to do it, you probably think it might be best for him just to sit this one out. Still come on in the second half, still play a mm. part, but I just wonder if he might think the fact that he hooked him after 55 minutes or whatever it was at, uh, at the weekend he knew that he could sense I think from the crowd from that sort of when he could have turned and played Eddie through but instead went backwards and got the pass wrong and he heard the groans and everything like that you know he wasn't on the pitch much longer after that I think Mikel probably realized it was quite important to take him off at that yeah. point and and that I was do... Abue-esque that yeah, yeah. That was really and so nice. I do wonder if if you might think you know what well, I'll, I'll leave him off here and it, you know I think there's a good shout people saying, I think that comment earlier on saying, why is it Havertz just walk straight into the team? And yes, he's just spent 65 million on him. But I do agree. Sometimes you've got to earn your spot in that start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Havertz hadn't really done anything for Chelsea to, you know, earn a straight starting spot in the Arsenal 11. So, um, you know, maybe he does need a bit of time on the bench and try and play his way back into the starting 11. And, um, you know, Mikel always talks about competition. If you're Fabio Vieira, you come on and you make that big an impact in a game. 
like he did at the weekend and oh, play with that desire and hunger that we just haven't seen from him. You know, he just took that game by the scruff of the neck and we've not seen, you know, if anything, in the second half last season, he was hiding in games. Yeah, he came on and he almost looked like he was, he didn't want the ball. He wanted to, he didn't want to be, be a part of it, but just came on with such initiative at the weekend and really, you know, wrestled that game back into a position where Arsenal should have won it down because of him. Um, you know, so do you reward the error with just say he's the one that we know. I know that he came on there and played in, in the left left eight, and I like that because we all know how well he gets on with Martinelli, and you could see the sort of personal and the footballing intermingle. But no one really talks about him as a player that could cover for Saka. And if you sort of think about when are Arsenal going to rest Saka, probably the sort of Aviera kept going. He went the, the guy went everywhere, like you were saying. Mm. Someone that used to hide from the ball was chasing it um, quite brilliantly whether Arsenal had possession or not. I think if you are if you don't get to replace uh, or get the Saka backup, which is what we're expecting, that it won't happen, I'd be pretty relaxed about giving Vieira some minutes out there, considering it's probably going to be against teams you expect to beat and Saka's probably going to be on the bench. Do you start him on Saturday, on Sunday, against United? Do you reward him with a really spot against United? I don't know. I absolutely would not, I would not like, you know, do the classic team news reaction. What is Miguel doing? If he did that, I would, I would admire and respect him and absolutely fear that, <laughs> that he's, he's over indexed a good half hour against Fulham. I wouldn't start him. Um, but like, God, he deserves it. Same as in Ketiah, like, I'm I think really... Eddie, that, that was the most surprising thing to me at the weekend was mm. that Eddie didn't start. I just didn't understand that when he'd started scored in the first game. He was, I thought, really good against Crystal Palace, even though he hadn't scored. He won the penalty. So then just leave him out for Trossard. I, I was really, really surprised that he did that. That was one I really caught my eye when I sort of started 11. I didn't, I didn't get the, the thinking behind that, especially when afterwards, when he was praising him, he was saying, oh, Eddie's in such a good moment. You know, he'd been really, really confident. I was like, oh, how come you didn't start him? Play the guy. Yeah, mm. it was just, uh, it was a bit of a bizarre one. Uh, I thought I'm just going to bring in this comment here. So Gabriel will not get many minutes until the Saudi window closes in three weeks. Money talks Gabriel is replaceable and obviously interested in leaving for a bigger paycheck. The the three weeks, it's interesting that the, the window stays open longer in Saudi. Mikel was talking about it in his, was it the pre-match presser last week? He, yeah. he, he was asked about it. I wonder, do you think that is going to cause a lot of disruption to to football? You know, when these teams can't react to anything that happened in Saudi, they can't go out and sign a replacement if someone comes in. Do you think it it, it is going to, you know, sort of set a few waves in motion in the in throughout football with having the Saudi window open a bit longer. Yeah, certainly, I, I do think it will. I mean, we, I remember seeing this when the Premier League tried to uh, close its own window before yeah the season started, wasn't it? And you had someone like Coutinho was had a back injury for three weeks. I don't know about Gabriel specifically, and I think the one thing to bear in mind is, I mean, firstly, when people talk about chasing the paycheck, you have to understand that that what these guys are being offered is, you know, generational wealth money. Um, so I try not to judge anyone, at least yeah. from that perspective. I think anyone that goes to Saudi Arabia has to answer questions about being complicit and supporting a regime that the crimes of which we don't want to kind of need to go into in this podcast, but that's what you're doing. You're engaged in a sports washing pro project for them. Um, yeah, I think it I think it will, but to a lesser extent, because Coutinho, for instance, was trying to force his way into a dream move to Barcelona. Um, I don't particularly think Gabriel has ever dreamed of playing in the Asian Champions League. Uh, I don't think, you know, he has a place out in Jeddah that he's desperate to live in. 
Um, you know, we, I mean, we do have to sort of keep reminding ourselves that Mikel is trying something tactically and those tactics would be well suited for all three of the teams they've come up against. It was obviously, you know, he obviously trusted him in the community shield. Mm. If he doesn't play against United, then it is obviously more than just footballing reasons because against the team that can counterattack you with, with Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandes and players like that, you want your most robust defenders. And that means Gabriel, um, yeah, I still, I think, I think we will see him. But like you say, we've been saying that for weeks now. Yeah. Um, I can't see it, see it changing. And don't forget, Mikel was absolutely praising him to the rafters after he came on against Palace. Hmm. All right, so look, let's quickly bring in a certain Flo Balogun. What, what do you think now? Obviously, we know what's happening with Balogun. We know it's going to happen probably in the next twenty four hours or so. I'm told it, it could well be announced that he's um, he's going to be a Monaco player. Decent deal for Arsenal around the sort of 40 million mark with a good sell-on included. I don't know what that sell-on clause is a percentage yet. Do you know that? I haven't I haven't found that out yet. I mean, I, I certainly have heard it is sort of between 15 and 20. Yeah, I don't know if it... Because often people think it's a sort of number, don't they? But it it can be, you know, the profit that, that Monaco... It can be of the profit that Monaco are making. It can yeah. be that it tapers. So it's 20% of the first yeah. 40 million and... 10% there on. So I don't know the specifics, but like you say, I believe it's a sort of double figures. Yeah, yeah. I was I told significant. That was as much as I got uh, <laughs> out of it. But <laughs> it's I mean, that, hard work, isn't it? That, um, that is, you know, I think it is going to be decent. Like I said, sort of 15. I think 15% is what they got for Gwendouzi, isn't it? And um, so it might be around that, maybe a little bit more for, for flow. We'll, we'll wait and see. But what, so we know that that is going to happen in the next few days. What else do you think sitting here right now, do you reckon is definitely going to happen? Who we, who, who we got? Nuno... Sambi, Rob Holding, Cedric. I think that's a crowd it with flow. Pepe. Between, um, yeah, Pepe, of course, Pepe. Um, so you, you're talking about five players there, not including flow, um, that Arsenal would like to get out the door between now and Friday. Um, do you think all of those goes? I think Rob definitely goes, Rob Holding. I know that there's mm. stuff going on with Rob at the moment and that it's, there's not just one club. There's They're sort of weighing up. The mm. best thing, but there is there are clubs in for Rob Holding both in England and and abroad. So I think that's definitely going to happen. I don't know about Cedric. I've not heard anything from Cedric yet. And I've tried to find out and actually haven't heard anything yeah. about Cedric yet. Nuno, I believe, at the time of recording this now, Nottingham Forest is back on, and that is an option. Mm. That, but it's going to be a loan, probably with an option rather than previously it was being discussed as a permanent. I think now it's more likely to be a loan. So I think that might well happen. Sambi again, you know, what's that? I don't, I, I've, that's gone quiet. I've not really heard anything myself on Sambi. So well, Brighton are quite players? close to, Brighton are quite close to, um, it's the guy at Lille. Yeah. And it's not really my fault that I don't know what he's called because I think I he's only played about 10 games for I Lille. I his name as well. I tried to. Balemba. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at those players, do you think, and, and who knows with Nicolas Pepe, but um, what, do you reckon Arsenal are going to get all of those guys out the door before Friday, 11 p.m.? I think this the three you so the two you listed off. I'd be like like you. I'd be very confident that Nuno will go on loan. I'm intrigued to see what holding what what will happen with holding because if it's Luton and I know they're one of the clubs, but like you say, not the only one. That would I believe have to be a permanent deal, um, or they'd have to sign or cancel one of their two current loanees. He's only got a year left, um, hasn't he, Rob? So it'd be it'd definitely be permanent, wouldn't it? it? Have I got that wrong? Yeah, probably for. A f- 
fairly nominal fee. I mean, look, you know, if you were asking me to sort of, I, I don't, I'm not, sure, I don't think much is going to happen with Sambi. So therefore, it'll probably be if if Arsenal can just get somewhere where he plays and and increases his value. So I, I think you're looking at. And, and Pepe will be a contract termination down the road, I'm sure of it. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I think four of the five will go. Cedric, I just don't know what's going to emerge for, for him. I haven't asked, though, unlike you, because I invariably forget that Cedric Suarez is an Arsenal yeah. player. Um, but I, I mean, I think in total, like kind of earnings would be sub five mil i don't know if you would put a sort of similar number on it i think i still get. think you should be getting 10 million pounds for rob holding i think you're giving him away if, he, if you're not getting a good money for rob holding i think he's a good premier league player yes he's got some limitations but he's a good proven premier league player who is still and young. i watched i watched luton on friday night and very few of their players would even pass as good premier league players like rob holding goes in the team i saw friday night and i'm no luton expert but he's one of the three best players in that in the team I saw. Um, I think you're giving him away. I've seen people say, oh, two million. It's like, are you kidding? He's a Premier League player with all that experience, an FA Cup winner. Yes, he's probably not Arsenal. Well, it's not probably. He isn't Arsenal quality now where Arsenal are, but mm. he's a good Premier League player. The fact that there's a lot of interest in him show, shows that. So I think Arsenal should be, they should not be giving Rob Holding away by any means. Um, and you kind of look at the money. I think what with Granite, Matt Turner, well, Arsenal are up to about sort of 45 million at the moment for, for the summer. This is before putting the flow money in there, which will take up mm. to around sort of 85 million. Now, Arsenal could potentially, with Gwenduzi money coming in, Mavropanos money coming in, you know, could potentially get to around 100 million if if Rob goes for a, for a decent chunk and if they can get, I don't know what sort of loan fee they get for Nuno at the end of it. You know, the Kiarantini is the big one. Not being able to sell Kiarantini, I think that's just, I, I'm still so surprised at how that has panned out this summer I really am you know I thought that was going to be easy money for a really good player and I'm, I'm stunned that the Premier League club hasn't hasn't come down and, and put sort of 25 million on the table for Kieran I'm really surprised daft yeah. it's absolutely great, great I don't, I don't miss... really good yeah, move for him God, yeah. that's a fantastic move for him if he stays free go play Champions team. League and uh, chill, yeah. in the, chill in the bars of San Sebastian, San Sebastian. I mean, what, what a year that's going to be for him and you know, I think ultimately it could work out being all right for Arsenal because if, I think if he stays injury-free, I think he has a really good season for, for them, does really well in La Liga, then hopefully there will be a bigger market for him next next summer and Arsenal will be able to to still get a decent chunk of money from him. I'm just really surprised that no Premier League club came knocking this this summer. I just don't, I'm, yeah, stunned by it. I think a lot of Premier League clubs, especially now that they've kind of got money, they've built out their data and recruitment departments. I think as much as... This has clearly made clubs smarter and Newcastle have made some really shrewd pickups. Isaac, Bruno Guimaraes, we'll see about Sandro Tonali. But I think there sometimes becomes a sort of an obsession with making the smart move, which is to loan Lewis Hall Mm. and say, we'll pay you £38 million. But you're paying £38 million for the player you think Lewis Hall could be. And, you know, I'm sure at the upper end of Lewis Hall's bell you know curve of possibilities or whatever he is much better than kieran tierney but you know that is the possibility kieran tierney is a known quantity i was actually writing about this today and that known quantity is a really good premier league left back who you know when the system was right for him um was pretty much arsenal's attack and and Mm. made arsenal function as a team and admittedly that was an eighth place team 
but having you know the key attacking fullback from an eighth place team is not something Newcastle should have been sniffing at. I know that um, Villa Emery was interested, but I think with Dino and uh, Moreno in the squad, it was that was always a bit difficult. But it's it's daft, and I think it's similar with holding as well. That there are an awful lot of teams that maybe need to have a think about comparing the 20, 22-year-old smart pickup, the data, and you if you ex- extrapolate, he could be, you know, he could be the next whoever with, you know, actually what you need is the current, like you say, decent Premier League defender if you're Luton Town, and you should be willing to pay for that because that, you know, Rob Holding for Luton probably helps you concede. He's probably, he's probably their captain five within a few goals. months. Yeah. He's probably their captain yeah. in a few months. I think he's a really, I think he's a really not, good player. He's not a clever all, all... signing, is he? No, he's not. He's a, and he's a not a sexy signing that everyone's going to get really excited about. But I think it'd be just a really smart piece of business for them. And if they go down, which if I mean they will go down, you'd think. Um, you know, <laughs> he, he probably st- sticks around and is a brilliant championship defender for him next season. So just yeah, it, it makes lots of sense to me. Even someone like Wolves, I think he would be a good signing for. Um, but yeah, we shall see. I'm going to wrap this up now, James. But before we go, quickly, just put you right on the spot now. Are Arsenal going to sign anyone before Friday? No, no. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, so. I tend to agree. I still think, for, and I got this relayed to me again today that if something sort of presented itself that they thought, oh, this this works, this sort of factors into what we're trying to do, and it's an opportunity. I think you know, this let's let's take it. Then you know, they are open to to it, but as it stands, the focus is very much outgoings and and getting players off the books. So. It would we, have to be a sort yeah. of Raya-ish. Sorry, I, I I know we need to. We both need to head, but it would have to be a sort of yeah. Raya-ish deal, wouldn't it? Where you can get, a, you can loan a player that you actually would like to sign permanent. Oh, maybe you can sign him permanently, but it's yeah, it, it, it's a gap in the market move or a, an opportunity for someone you 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 think you'll want down the road. I don't see them putting money into plugging. Uh, the gap left by Tim, like putting big money into plugging the gap left by Timber for for eight months, and then finding no. they've got someone on their books they don't need. No, I'd be surprised that Mudrick. There you go, Mudrick. <laughs> that Chelsea, Chelsea, to move him out the door. We need another attacker. Could that uh... loan yeah, just thanks. for the the bands? We shall see. We shall see. Quite funny, right? Cheers, mate. Appreciate your time as always. And, uh, yeah, we shall. Uh, we shall. Are you there on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I think so. I intend to be there. Probably need to take that conversation offline, but yes, I intend to be there. Yeah. Cool. After yeah, we... my stag do. So um, God knows if I'll be of any use to anyone. Your stag do? Not my stag do. No, that's true. It's after the stag sten, actually, do I, I shall be attending. I'm coming straight what from did you it say? to sten. It's a stag and hen. It's very much the new thing among early 30-somethings, Charles. Uh, what is it? Because Combined? Also, yeah, stag and hen, especially oh, because this... Do you me know, a favour. What? They met, like, this couple met at uni with me. Um, so similar friend group. Congratulations to Sophie and Max, who will absolutely will not be watching this. Um, but, yeah, met at uni, similar friend groups. and I'm, I'm not going to say congratulations to them because they're having a sten. I it's think that, that's that's like almost as bad as a mini moon or whatever they call it. No, I'm not having that. I'm, I've booked my mini moon. I went, on one, I went on one as well. It's just a phrase that I hate. 
it's just uh when i was uh we went to bath for our mini moon before heading off to lucia for the main one but oh. yeah just that name mini moon I, i've said it four times it now great. and it annoys me right i'm gonna go i've got to, uh i've got some dinner to cook for the uh for my kids so yeah quite important but um nice. yeah cheers for cheers for joining me this week james we'll be back next week at some point with what we're going to have the close of the transfer window to discuss arsenal manchester united to discuss a champions league draw to discuss who are arsenal going to get that's a very exciting thing to look so forward excited to for that on thursday night and if you do want to come and watch that on big screens on thursday night come to the tollington for a book sign in because we're going to have it on at the screens as well i'm sure we'll be discussing it during the night so thank you james have a good end to your day mate thank you everyone for watching or for listening and we'll be back for another episode of Inside Arsenal Extra Time next week, and I'll be back in the morning for a usual show of Inside Arsenal once I've done. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. With Sky Sports, and once I've got home, so yeah, 8.30 in the morning, keep rise pills, Sky Sports News, if you want to see me on there. Have a great day, everyone. Speak to you very soon. Thank <laughs> you.